Hi, you're listening to the Ron Effect Podcast with me, Ronnie Chang. This is the episode for 13th February, 2014. We're going to be discussing medical myths on this episode again with my sister, Dr. Chang. Say hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me again. Uh, before we begin, I uh, just want to make it clear, as always, none of... Nothing in this podcast should be taken as an alternative to actual professional medical advice. If you're experiencing any kind of health problems, please seek professional medical attention. Uh, we're not here to give health advice. We're here to kind of discuss medical myths. Um, so thanks for joining us again, Dr. Chang. Uh, what? So could you just for people listening for the first time how many years have you, have you been practicing medicine this is my eighth year eight years in way to go so my goal with this so anyway my point of that is that you you know what you're talking about uh my goal with this podcast is to dispel medical myths and fight ignorance because as you put it last time it would be good to be able to make stupidity history. Yeah, let's let's work towards that goal. Uh, so our first question is a follow up from the previous episode where we discussed MSG. Am I allowed to suggest a new model? Okay, sure. Like, go ahead. Can we try occupy your brain or occupy your mind <laughs> or something? Like Why you wanna? I don't know, just something different. I mean, I always say that instead of occupying Wall Street, those guys should occupy a college classroom. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but... Occupy school! <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you're invading school. Oh, okay. I, I, make, make stupidity history is a good one. Alright. You, you're basing off of make poverty history, right? Yeah, okay. Make stupidity history is good. I like that motto. I'm trying to work it into the intro, but it gets very really awkward. Oh. Hi, this is a Ronnie Effect with Ronnie Chang. Let's make stupidity history. Actually, that's not bad. You gotta make sure, like, they're not gonna sue you or something. Who, who's they? <laughs> like, whoever was in charge of the Make Poverty History campaign, you no. two or something. <laughs> you two's not in charge of the. <laughs> you two's not in charge of the poverty campaign. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. Bono's like really, really. Yeah, but you're not saying anything wrong, and you're not misrepresenting their brand. There's no reason to sue you. Well, under what damages? I don't know law. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, you need damages to... You need to show damage. Well, okay. Um, okay, so the first question is a follow-up to last episode. As I was saying, in the last episode, we discussed MSG. Oh, sorry. Just before we go on, I didn't yeah. hear... I didn't actually download and hear the, the edit for your last yeah, one. Did you did you um, clarify the, the thing about the running and the pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. About how there is such a thing as morning after pill? Yes, I made oh, that very okay. clear. Right. <laughs> I, I, I've actually had discussions with people about the episode of your answer. Yeah. And everyone was very impressed at how you... How sincere and like... You know, how, how you, you sincerely tried to answer that question, and I feel bad because that was clearly a joke question. I know it's a joke question, but like, I don't even want one person to have misinformation from me. Okay. Um, so, I'm trying to get to the previous follow up questions from the previous episode. So, we discussed MSG, and I had a, a couple of comments that were basically, I won't say angry, but they. 
they they strongly strenuously they're disagreed very with passionate yeah people pa- are passionate about MSG MSG they because, believe it against MSG yeah they they really hate MSG they're basically MSG Nazi and so I feel like if I don't get you to say the only way I can make them happy not that I'm trying to make people happy here I'm going for the truth here but yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just making a point that the yeah. only way they would be play, uh, placated would yeah. be if you said MSG is terrible and don't take it okay. but that's not what you said and I understand yeah. what you're saying because your point in the last episode was that there are worse stuff than MSG to focus on yeah. so there's no need to obsess about MSG yeah. we, and I, I guess what I'm trying what, what I want to ask you now is is MSG is it better to not use MSG at all Ever just don't take MSG. Your facial expression right now indicates that I'm, I'm confused because you use a ne- double negative. Is it better not to take MSG? Yeah. It's oh, not you didn't. No, so whoops, you didn't. Um, you can survive perfectly. Um, like you can live a normal life without MSG. So if you yeah, want. you see, this is it. <laughs> yep. So go ahead and not, not take MSG. <laughs> MSG actually, it turns out, comes from um, from seaweed. So like you know how it's bad can it be, organic. right? Yeah, kind of. Like it is synthetically made, but is the the MSG comes from like some sort of seaweed, and it's got this thing called um, it's got sodium in it, and it's got glutamate in it, uh-huh. and um, both of these are found in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, it has less salt than salt. What? <laughs> That's a really weird thing to say because it is kind of it is salt. Okay. But at the same time, it. it for its weight, it has less salt than salt. This is a great myth to dispel then. So so basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're basically saying, look, MSG is not a big deal. Don't take in excess. You take a little bit of it, it's fine. That's right. That's uh, what I'm saying. Okay. If you want me to tell you to stop doing something, stop um, stop smoking. Stop smoking. That's, that's bad for you. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, but how about, how about what, what any other... Any kind of um, side effects from taking MSG? I don't know of any. Like, like some people think that it's related to asthma. Yeah. Um, and I think lots of studies have shown that it's not related to asthma. I th- that's How- actually a, the question we got. However, yeah. asthmatic people are very sensitive to many things. So if it happens that they're sensitive to MSG, that's not expected. Okay. So yeah. you're saying that the, the correlation is... It's not a... Um, like asthma might be triggered by MSG, but MSG is not might not necessarily be causing asthma. Yeah. Right. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. So, and that was actually a question sent in from Karen Wolf. So, thanks for your question, Karen. Uh, she asked, "What is that link between MSG and asthma?" So we somehow got to that anyway. Um, okay, I think we will move on from this MSG thing. Uh, I got a question here. Uh, is it bad to bring babies onto airplanes? If you're sitting next to me, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, is it bad for the baby's health for it to undergo air flight in a modern-day aircraft? If they're healthy and well, then no. You know, it, it's not more dangerous than if you went on an airplane. Okay. Like, I'm not saying it's not dangerous because... Just like you have the risk of, you know, terrible air accidents, or you have the risk of your ears popping, yeah. or if you have the risk of skin dehydration, yeah. that would all happen to babies, except that they can't complain about it. Um, another thing is that babies have well, a lot they of... they can't complain about it. Oh, yeah, they cry yeah. and scream, but they cry and scream anyway. Yeah. Um, babies 
have a lot of colds. We know that, right? Like they catch colds all the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. And when you have a cold and you're on an airplane, it's really painful because the pressure inside your uh, your ears Whoa. or um, okay. or when you're oh, when you have a toothache or whatever, it, it's just magnified when you're up there. Yeah. Because the air expands. So it causes pain. You can cause yeah. pain to yeah. a baby. And how would you know that? You you don't know that unless. Okay. You know that your kid is sick or something. Okay. So it's causing pain to a baby. Only if it's sick. Right, right, yeah. right. It can cause pain to a baby yeah. if it's sick. But and it can cause pain to you if you are sick sure. too. So, so yeah. is but, it? But it's. But I mean, the argument would be that I'm, I'm, I'm in a better position to take that pain than a baby. Well, <laughs> that's interesting because for a long time people thought that babies didn't feel pain. For a long time, people. Well, they thought, clearly do, right? Yeah, they do. All right. So well. Well, so anyway, do you want to take your flight, your babies onto flight? Everyone would appreciate if you didn't. <laughs> okay, so can okay, so let, let me try to because I'm I'm curious about this as well. If you take a baby on a plane, is it more likely to for for him or her to have a ear problem due to the pressure? Because I guess the 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 myth here is the air pressure is causing some kind of harm to his weak body. That's no, the air pressure is not. It will just burp it out if you can burp the kid. But like it'll vomit affecting it out. Blood. It'll most probably vomit it out, from my experience. Okay. <laughs> you're talking I'm talking you're talking air pressure in the stomach. stomach I'm yeah. talking like, you know, in the ear in the ear cavity. What do yeah. you call that that part that connects the ear to your neck? Eustachian tube and it's not yeah. I yeah. think you're talking about the eustachian tube. Yeah, like that that thing seems to be very sensitive because I get it. Yeah. And that hurts like hell. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking if a baby gets it, it would cause permanent yeah. damage. Yeah. Well no, it won't cause permanent damage. Oh, it won't cause it'll just cause him as much discomfort as it causes me. That's right. So the only argument would be that I'm in a better position to take that pain than a baby. Because I'm, so? I'm an adult yeah. and I, I know how to deal with it. And Yeah, I guess so. Whereas a baby would. Okay. But other than that, there's no there's nothing that will p- like permanently damage a baby. More likely to permanently damage a baby up in the air due to the pressures involved. And... That's correct. Okay. Um, second question. Well, following on to that... That's a great segue onto this other question. You're talking about how babies are more likely to get sick. Um, and my question is, is there any benefit to exposing... Oof, um, is, is there... Does it... Will it weaken a baby's immunity by being too sterile with it? So, I, to put it in layman's terms, uh, if... If I had a baby, I'd probably be very uh, cleanliness conscious. I'll, I'll make sure that it, it lives in a very clean environment, that it's clean all the time. Because I am like that. I like to be clean, I like to shower, like, you know, twice a day or whatever. Um, and so what I'm hearing is that apparently it's good for kids, young kids and infants to be exposed to a certain amount of dirt and bacteria and whatever, just to build up their immunity. So is there any truth to that? Uh, yes, there might be some truth. It's not conclusive. Uh-huh. Um, so every one of us has got this power within us to fight infections. And this is called the immunity, the immune system, sorry. Yeah. Um, and this immune system actually needs practice. So it practices on everything around us. And that's how it gets better at what it does. Um, so... If you live in a little bubble and your immune system doesn't get a chance to practice fighting 
infections, you actually get um, a weaker immune system. Okay. Yeah. And so, when so that's that's pretty much. Yeah. That's that's a direct yeah. thing you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And as you know, every time I say something, I'm like, oh, but there's an example yeah. of. Uh, of the exception of to the of rule, course. okay? So the exception is if your kid doesn't have an immune system at all, oh, and yeah, and right. then you expose it to infectious right. stuff, then that's bad for it. If if your kid has, for example, AIDS or something, right? Then, yeah, then you shouldn't be. If your kid is immunosuppressed due to some sort of cancer or right, right. treatment or whatever, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I so have, that yeah. only works exposing it to dirty things. Yeah. Only works if you have a working immune system. Sure. Yeah. But if you have a working immune system, so there's actually some truth to exposing your kid to kind of a dirty environment to boost his immune immunity. Okay, um, so there's two words there that I've got trouble with. One is uh, truth, like there is no conclusive, it's a theory that okay. like scientists have. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was dirty, the word dirty you use, yeah. like what do you mean dirty? Like, I don't know, like you... just keep me in a less than pristine, sterile environment. Yeah, like... but like don't throw them in the sewage or anything. Right, yeah. right. I guess being, uh, what I'm trying to say is being less precious with them in terms of cleanliness can actually be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. In terms of their immunity. Yeah. And conversely, if you are too precious with them, with the cleanliness and, stero- and the sterile environment they're in, it can negatively affect their immune system. In that their immune system will not be as strong as it could yeah. be or should be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, okay. That's actually, uh, there you go. Um, do doctors get sick? Yeah, sorry. Do, by by that theory, are doc like GPs? Do they have like just incredible immune systems because they're always just dealing with sick patients? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Parents of um, children who go to like childcare center yeah. will get loads and loads of colds, yeah. and they will actually have better immune system. But when you ask them, they'll be like, "Oh man, I was sick," you know, every week. <laughs> so they don't actually feel it, but they actually do have better immune system. Oh, okay. Because remember, I said you need the immune practice. system ha- needs the practice. Okay, cool. Next question is, um, so can you, well, is there any kind of scientific, well, okay, look, that's pretty hard for you to answer. Uh, Is there any, I'm wondering about the placebo effect. Ah, the placebo effect is a fascinating thing. So basically what I'm talking about is like, like, let's say the belief that something is helping you get better when actually it's just you know it's just a sugar pill or whatever it does does nothing but you take that medication and the doctor says if you take this is the guaranteed cure like you it's 100% cure rate or 99% so if you just take this you'll be fine and you take it and you start to feel better and you eventually recover when it was just a sugar pill so is there anything to that kind of placebo effect um I'm trying to dig my medical knowledge um so the placebo effect is is something inert. So it's like a drug, or no, I shouldn't say the word drug, but you're like a pill or a chemical that does not actually have an action. Inert, right? Yeah. Or it can be something like a sham procedure. Yeah. Like instead of having an operation to take out your appendix, they just do an operation yeah. without taking out the appendix. Yeah. Um, so the placebo effect um, is actually results in a cure some crazy high percentage like 40% or 50% 
So, so, uh, so studies have shown that the placebo yeah. by itself, this thing that we know is yeah. inert, yeah. that we know we didn't actually treat yeah. from from a scientific point of view, yeah. uh, it somehow resulted in a cure in 40 or 50% of the time, I think. Right. So... Not all the time. Right. Um, and it just goes to show the power of the mind and all these other things involved. Okay, so I guess... Are you willing to go so far as to say that positive thinking can help? Yes. It can go a long way. Yes. Oh. Interesting. I, I actually had a better placebo effect question than that, but all I wrote in my notes was placebo effect. Mm. I had a very specific kind of placebo. Anyway, I'll try to come up with it next question, episode. Um, but. I do believe placebo effect is all very psychological. Like They've mm. done studies to show whether a placebo works in like relieving pain relief. Yeah. And um, they've said that, oh, if the doctor doesn't make a big show about giving the placebo, it doesn't work as well. Mm. But if you make a big show about this is the drug, I'm going to put yeah. it into your yeah. drip now, yeah. that does work more effectively. Okay. Well, i got a question now. When you're studying the placebo effect, obviously you can't tell the patients you're doing a placebo. because no. yeah. effect. So how do you get around that to, to how do the researchers who are researching just get around that kind of thing you know what i mean where you're basically ethically you're lying to the patient oh well that's the whole idea of consenting and signing up for the study oh yeah. okay. so okay. you can't just study a person for you have to ask them are they willing to be taking part okay. in the study then okay. in this study we will give you this and or and we will or we will give you a placebo and you won't know oh. and we won't know and all that kind of stuff yeah but, but we, even just telling them that there's a possibility the placebo affects the outcome doesn't it or um or they might be able to to, to consent in a more ambiguous ambiguous way. manner okay um i got two more questions left uh is there is it bad to have to not if you have long hair and you wash your hair is it bad to not dry it so you walk around with wet hair yeah like let's say you're just lazy you don't dry it very well you go to sleep with wet hair or you walk around with wet hair does that you know. Oh, I think you're referring to the old wives' tale that what, what hair causes rheumatic fever or some rheumatoid what, uh, Yeah, it causes some problems. It causes health problems if you don't dry your hair. No. Okay. But does it does do something scientific like lower your body temperature, which makes you more susceptible to infection? Uh, it might lower your body temperature, but no. not No, it shouldn't lower your body temperature. Your body temperature should be set. For homeostasis, the body sets the temperature. So what, there's nothing bad about walking around with wet hair? <laughs> uh, no, I guess not. Medically, you can't think of anything right now. I can't think of anything right now. But surely going to sleep with wet hair... It's not that big a deal. <laughs> really? Really. I don't know. It just makes you... I just think like you're going to get a fever. As soon as I see someone with wet hair, just sleeping on a pillow with wet hair, I'm like... You're gonna get you're gonna get sick. So there's nothing to that. Okay. Well, that's why I'm asking you. I mean, if you if you live in you know some Siberia or something, that yeah. might you might wake up with a frozen head or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, but not in equatorial regions and not in Australia that I know. Okay. Um, but it's not nice to go to sleep with a pet. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just not nice. It's not like you Medically, definitely get sick. Okay. okay. Last question is. Um, <sighs> If you do work, like studying or office work, standing up or sitting down, is there a difference, any effects, anything, any kind of 
blood flow related off off the top of your head can you think of anything that would make it less healthy to work standing up what makes it less healthy to work standing up work work, work standing up I, I don't I think as long as you keep moving it should be okay because like uh, prolonged periods of inactivity can cause blood clots in the leg like yeah. economy seat syndrome yeah. if you've heard of that yeah um, and yeah I think that's it if you sit in the wrong position um, you can get back aches and stuff like so that so it's actually would you say it's actually might, might be better to work standing up standing um, desk I think some people think so uh, you, you got nothing on that right? um got no you got no theory uh, opinion on that no I don't think so um it might make your varicose veins worse What's that? Varicose veins is these veins in your legs. Yeah. And um, if you just stand there, yeah. your the the blood might pool in the varicose veins, and sometimes if it's really severe, it causes pain. More people are annoyed with it from a cosmetic point of view. You know those blue yeah, yeah. leg ve- veins. Yeah. yeah. Blue leg veins. Well, it just sounds like if you sit for too long, it's bad. And if you stand for too long, it's bad. Yeah. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Yeah. And take breaks and. And um, I think studies have shown now, if you look into the horizon for more than two hours a day, your eyesight uh, is less likely to become short-sighted. Okay, let's break that down because that was, that was some double negative. So, so if, if, if you look into the horizon for two hours a day, you're less likely to become short-sighted. Yes. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that if you're short-sighted right now, that if you look in the horizon, you, your eyesight will improve. It just means that if you have... You have if you look at the horizon, your you eyesight will, won't, won't worsen. It's less likely to worsen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Everyone look into the horizon for two hours a day. Who has time to look into the horizon for two hours a day? If you're a pilot. <laughs> so, the, so those guys have perfect eyesight because they're always looking at the horizon. I don't know. <laughs> so put your desk in front of a window that faces the horizon and make sure that your desk has a standing component and a sitting component. And you just keep alternating between standing, sitting while looking out the window. Yeah. That, that's basically the key to good health here. Where'd you find that one? If you look at the horizon for two hours a day. I went to a lecture by an ophthalmologist. I wonder how did they do that study? Uh, <laughs> they just did a study. And also, like, they did find out that Asians do have worse um, eyesight. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. Like, in what way? So, why? Just... Is um, the muscle, the muscle in the cornea? No, I think we're like nerdier. We don't look out in the horizon. Oh, are you serious? So that's not even genetic. It's just cultural. I mean, it could be genetic. Yeah, it but, probably is genetic. But all right, so Asians have less, are more likely to be short-sighted. Yeah. Ugh. When you say Asian, do you mean like, China, like, are Indian people included in that, or like? I don't know. You don't even know. All right. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for um, thank, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening in, everyone listening in right now. I received some really nice emails from people who um, appreciated our previous episode. So, if you found this podcast to be useful, send send an email in. It always helps to get some feedback. Also, sending questions always always love to hear some medical uh, myths that you would like to bust. Uh, and send some blood, not to me, but go to donate blood. You know, if you're above forty five kilograms, donate blood. Save a life. Okay, that's a good. That's a good message, I guess. To do, I thought you. I thought for a second you were going to tell them to send blood to me as a <laughs> joke. Send some blood to for us to analyze. Don't send blood to for us to analyze. 
Uh, my, 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 my sister said to go donate blood is a good cause. To the Red Cross. To the Red Cross. Yeah. Save a life. Do, donate to the Red Cross. Just don't, don't donate direct and don't donate it to anyone on the street. Make sure it's a proper channel. And don't donate if you know you have some horrible disease, okay? Yeah, don't, don't do that. It's a dick move, okay? <laughs> um, get tested before you donate. They will test your blood and they will ask you, like, like um, uh, all these questions about whether you have malaria or gone to malaria areas or yeah. mad cow disease areas. And when they ask you questions, don't lie. Yeah, yeah, don't lie. And they'll test it too, okay? Okay, so... Uh, and you get a hot dog or, like, a pastry afterwards. Great. Uh, how much blood can you safely donate? Uh, until you start to faint, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, it should be about 300 mils or 400 mils, okay? Otherwise, it's not really useful. That's why there is a weight limit above 45 kilograms. How, how long does it take to with, with take out 300 mils? Uh, it depends on you. Okay. Uh, r- ballpark? I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so, if you want to send in a question, uh, go, to web- go to our website, ronniechang.com. Uh, or you can ask me a question on Twitter. I prefer you email it in. Uh, my email contact forms on my website, ronniechang.com. Uh, even if you just want to email in and tell my sister how useful her, um, her information is because she doesn't believe anyone's listening to this or that anyone finds this remotely useful. So just kind of prove her wrong. I appreciate that. Um, other than that, thanks for, thanks for joining us today, Dr. Chang. Thank you for having me. Good. It's been fun today, yeah. Yeah, this was a good one. Uh, see you guys next week. Peace.